Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you through giving. And now as we get ready to look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and gain great root, and that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you and we honor you for it now. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are now into our second episode of our series entitled Collapse. And this is a, I guess, a, a good and simultaneously bad series to be in because even the name of the book that we're in means sadness. As we're journeying through the book of Lamentations, and as we discussed last week, this is the uh, book that has five chapters, so we're going to have five sessions. So if we are in episode number two, I guess that means we're in chapter number two. All right. Got somebody just listening today. Awesome. All right. Chapter, episode number two of this series, Collapse. God's anger towards sin is always right. And this is what Jeremiah is going to be describing in chapter number two. Even when we feel like God is angry with us, we can have hope that he will not forsake us because Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. And when we look at this, we talked about in episode number one, Episode number one was, do you see what God sees? And episode number two, our subtitle is going to be The Verdict. Episode number two is The Verdict. Before we continue on, you know what we got to do. We got to talk about definitions. The first definition is collapse. Collapse is fall together fall into an irregular mass through loss of support or rigidity. Figuratively, a sense of come to nothing or fail. Some synonyms are cave in, fall in, subside, fall down, sag, slump, settle, give, give away, crumble, crumple, disintegrate, fall to pieces, come apart. Verdict. A verdict is a decision or a judgment. It's an opinion produced, pronounced, thank you, lovely, uh, opinion pronounced as to be condemned by. And then our last definition for today is mercy. Mercy is pity or compassion manifested toward a person in distress. We're going to be in Lamentations, the second chapter and we're not going to do all the verses. I have about eight verses I want to highlight today that we're going to use and bring out to talk about this situation that, you know, the people of Israel got themselves in. You know, this, this kind of stuff don't happen to us. It only happened to the folks back in the Bible times. That's right. Right. Mm. So we, we just looking at this to see how the things that they was, don't, don't use that word, uh, you know, see how they, what well, things that happened to them back then, because it ain't 
what's happening now. You know, that was, this is a whole different time. But anyway, let's look at Lamentations, the second chapter. We're going to do verses 1, two, one through 3, 9, 16 through 19. All right, so Lamentations, the second chapter, starting at the first verse. This is the English Standard Version. It says, How the Lord in his anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up without mercy all the habitation of Jacob. In his wrath, he has broken down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought down to the ground in dishonor the kingdom and its rulers. He has cut down in fierce anger all the might of Israel. He has withdrawn from them his right hand in the face of the enemy. He has burned like a flaming fire in Jacob, consuming all around. Lamentations 2 and 9 says this, her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princesses are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. Lamentations 2, 16. All your enemies rail against you. They hiss, they gnash their teeth, they cry. We have swallowed her. Ah, this day we, we long for. Now we have it, we see it. The Lord has done what he purposed. He has carried out his word, which he commanded long ago. He has thrown down without pity. He has made the enemy rejoice over you and exalted the might of your foes. Their heart cried to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion. Let tears stream down like a torrent day and night. Give yourself no rest, your eyes no respite. 19 says, Arise, cry out in the night, at the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our hearts that will grow thereby. So I want to start us out to kind of point something out to you. C.S. Lewis said it like this. He says that God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience. But God shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a death world. Do, how many of y'all, when things are going really good and, you know, and everything's going all well, you really don't hear a lot of correction, right? When things are going all right. But when you're going through something, you're always looking for what? A way out. You're always listening for how can I alleviate the pain that I'm going through. That's why we say that you can learn more in the midst of something not happening the way that you want than it happening the way that you wanted it. Why? Because in the midst of it not happening in the way that you want it, you begin to evaluate more closely what it is that you need to do better. So what the thing that we discover in this second chapter is, first of all, God ain't happy. In fact, God ain't mad. God is angry. God has told the children of Israel, he said, listen, all I want y'all to do is acknowledge me, to worship me and me only. And I, if you don't do it, it's the consequence. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, we hear you. Now, 
Um, I don't know how many of y'all, I don't know, you know what? When I was growing up, I listened to my parents when I wanted to. Now, when I wanted to, it was because it usually was something that I didn't mind doing. But when they told me to do something that I really didn't want to do, I kind of slow played it, right? I kind of did it all. You know, I'm going to tell my little brother. One time, I remember when we had to do dishes, my little brother, he had a little attitude. And he decided that he didn't want to use hot water. So one of the worst things that you could do when my mom is in the house is to do something that she told you to do and not do it the way you know that she wanted done. And so my little brother decides that he was going to wash the dishes like he was told to, but it was in cold water. Now, the funny thing was I walked up there and I went to grab a cup, and the cup was as cold as a refrigerator. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm washing the dishes. And he had this little attitude with me. So I walked away. I didn't tell mama. But sure enough, she came up there to get something, and she was like, I ain't going to say his name because he ain't here to defend himself. She said, hey, what are you doing? And he said, I'm washing the dishes. She said, that ain't how you wash dishes. So mom began to take stuff out the cupboard, and he had to wash all, not just the dirty dishes, had to wash ALL dishes. All right? Had to wash all the dishes because did not do it the right way. So there is consequences for you not following the directions that you're given. Now, just think if my mom would allow this to go on for weeks, and we'd have been eating off of cold plates, and everybody would have been miserable, but it would have got to the point where we would have all been mad at my brother, and I would have took care of it my way, and then I would have gotten in trouble. But anyway. The problem, the thing is, God allowed this to go over generations. He allowed the children of Israel to do this for so long that when punishment, you know, have you ever did something and you were just like, yeah, I knew I was going to get in trouble. I'm, you know, I, yeah, I was totally wrong. That's how they, what could they say? What could they do? God had given them chance after chance. He sent prophet after prophet. He sent Kingdom after kingdom. I mean, he did everything to try to get them to, to willfully want to serve him. And so when we are experiencing trials and sufferings, we also feel like God is mad at us too. We feel like, well, God just mad at me and we just want to give up. You know, I don't even know what, <laughs> you know. But we got to remember that God has a righteous anger, and his anger is not toward you, it's toward the sin. The sin separates us from him. The sin puts a wedge between us, and his desire is to have a relationship with you. And if you don't want to have that relationship, there are things or consequences that are going to occur because he knows what's best for you. Y'all know that the, they, they, they say that the reason that they had to provide instructions to an item is so that you understand the intention of the creator of the item. So God has instructions that he has put together to say this is the best course of action for you. But guess what? We like the way everybody else is doing it. We want to do it the way everybody else is doing it. So, okay, so that's why we have the issue. 
But God's desire is because of his righteous anger, he wants to cause us to not want to be involved with sin and to grab wholeheartedly to his holiness like we talked about last week. He wants us to be free from sin and the consequences that come from sin. And because of what Jesus did, Jesus took on the penalty of sin, which is death, upon himself so that he could be our redeemer to cause us to be back in right standing with God. He becomes the reconciler above all reconcilers. He becomes the redeemer of all redeemers because not only did he do it for that time, but because it says he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, he did it for those that are past and those in the future. He covered everybody. So because he's covered us all, we all have access to the Father. One of the problems with having access to the Father is also that you also get the hardest, the stiffest correction because you can get it from the, from the uh, so-called horse's mouth. You get it direct. You get it. It's not coming through the prophets. It's not coming through the kings. You can approach his throne of grace in your time of need and get help with whatever you need. Now these folks were so bad. They were in such a dire situation that, the, that it said, if you remember in verse 9, it says like this. It says, God stopped talking to everybody. It said that even the prophets didn't hear the voice of the Lord. But sometimes God is silent even when we're faithful. Sometimes we feel like when God's not, when we don't feel God speaking to us, that we must be doing something wrong. But sometimes it's good just to rest in him. Have y'all ever been in so much trouble? Or have y'all, if y'all a parent, have y'all ever told your kids, I ain't saying nothing to you right now because if I say something, I'm going to hurt you? And the kids still want to say, well, well, what's wrong? Now, I just told you you're going to get hurt if I keep talking to you. And I believe sometimes that God gets silent so we can reflect on the silence. Did y'all know that sometimes silence has a sound? Sometimes silence is telling you that something ain't right and you need to kind of do an evaluation so that you can figure out what it is that is really going on. And other times, God can be silent because we just ain't listening. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sometimes I, God is silent because I ain't listening. I, I'm, not, I'm, not blaming, I'm not pointing no fingers. I don't want nobody to think I'm talking about you. Like I have to say, if, 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 you, if I'm talking about you, just look straight ahead and nobody knows you. But anyway, so we want to just go ahead and know this. That sometimes God is silent and sometimes we are deaf. We just ain't listening. I, God, I know. I know. You know, like you used to do your parents. I know. I know. And they say, if you do this, A, B, and C going to happen. You'd be like, you, 
You know what, maybe that happened in your generation, but this is a new generation. That ain't happening today. That's not happening now. This, and then the same thing, they, j just the way they said it. I remember uh, watching the television and, and uh, the, the parent was like, the son was getting ready to go out on his date and the mom said, did you change your underwear? He like, mom, what are you talking about I changed my underwear? She said, listen, you don't know, you might get in an accident and you don't want nobody to be trying to work on you and be smelling your stinking underwear, right? So he got the attitude. He went on, a, he went on his date. Guess what happened? He got in an accident. And she walked, and it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a comedy. So she walks into the room and he said, and he crying, Mom, I ain't listening to you. And she's like, what are you talking about? He said, I ain't changed my underwear. So he thought he got in an accident oh, because he ain't changed his underwear like his mama told him. See, I told you it was a comedy. Yes. But we have to listen. We have to listen. Sometimes God says things like, say hello to that person right there. God, I ain't got time to say hello. I'm, 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 in, a, I'm in a rush. And that person is sitting there feeling all alone and isolated. Mm. And if you listen to the voice of God, <clears throat> if you listen to the voice of God, you can go there and you can be God's voice to that person at that moment. Mm. Which makes me think about my other story. Y'all, I know I told this one before, I gotta tell it again. The man is in the middle of the ocean drowning. <laughs> in the ocean drowning. Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. A log goes by. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. A fishing boat goes by. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. A big old cruise ship goes by. The man drowns. He gets up to heaven. He says, Lord, I prayed and you ain't said nothing. You didn't do nothing for me. Lord's like, I sent you a log. I sent you a fishing boat, and I sent you a cruise ship. What more did you want? Sometimes we're just not listening. And, some, and now listening does not necessarily mean hearing with your ears, but observing also and seeing what's going around, seeing what's going on, because we have to make sure that we are available for God to use us to his glory. Because if we don't, we will end up in situations like these folks in Lamentations that it feels, it seems, it ain't seem, it's the reality that God has left. Mm -hmm. And when God leaves a situation, mm -hmm. guess what? It creates a vacuum. Mm -hmm. A vacuum desires balance. So something has to come in. And oh, oh that, you know what? I think that's in the Bible. It says that when you go in and you take the strong man out of the house and you remove the strong man, that you go through and clean it up. But if you put nothing back in, the strong man kind of walks around and then comes back. And when he comes back, if he sees that nothing's in place to have, to have replaced him, he not only comes back, but he goes and finds seven of his brothers and brings them back with you. So then he has a stronger presence in your life because you have not filled in what should have been filled in. So they came in and they, and they just totally dismantled, removed the children of Israel. They totally devastated them. 
And so we look, if you look at verses 16 and 17, you see how this is. That God has allowed their very enemy to have control over them. But we can realize that God in his sovereignty is running and using and doing what he is. Because as we see this, we see that Jeremiah is saying, it is nothing, it, uh, this is a comfort for Jeremiah as he writes it, as it should be for us. Nothing comes our way except when it is filtered through God's sovereign care for us. I'm going to hit y'all with that one more time. Nothing comes our way except when it's filtered through God's sovereign care for us. And then he's going to throw some of his love in there also, you know, just to make everything okay. Even if, it's, even if it's the natural consequences of our own bad choices. God somehow in his sovereignty figures a way to turn it, what? For your good, but most of all for his what? For his glory. So as you're going through it and it's a bad situation, we realize that even as we look at Job, Job was going through a bad situation. But he says, I'm just going all I know to do is to trust God. All I need, all I can do is trust God. Even his best friends tried to pull him aside. You did something. No, I know I didn't do nothing. I, I just trust God. But then he got a little inkling in himself. He said, God, why is this happening to me? And then God answered him and said, since you want to know all everything, where was you when the stars was put up? Where was you? Job realized, okay, God, I kind of overstepped my bounds, but uh, I just wanted to know. So what we have to realize is God's sovereignty, God's rulership over our lives is a good thing. Why? Because God ain't like us. God don't change. God's standard is his standard and he has changed. He is ultimately good. And he is ultimately merciful. Let me say it again. He is ultimately good and ultimately merciful. Even his holiness does require an anger toward, even if his, anger, his holiness requires an anger towards evil and sin. And that's why, as we look at this, it says uh, that the people are going through this, verse number 19, I believe it is, and he said, we still are pouring out our heart to God. We're still praying to God. We're realizing what the mistakes we've made. We realized that this is something that we, because Jeremiah knows, because Jeremiah's been through a little couple things with God. He knows that God's anger only lasts for a moment. But his favor, his grace, and his unmerited favor last a lifetime. It's just like when you Wash the dishes with the cold water. You get in trouble for a minute, but that don't mean that you, that you, you, you kicked out the family. There's just an adjustment that needed to be made. So as we look at this, we see how God's anger is for a moment. But his favor is for a lifetime. Okay. Psalms 30 and 5 says just that. His anger is for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Y'all want the rest of that scripture? I'm going to give it to you. It says, weeping may tarry or hang around for the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
If I had a B3, I'd go ahead and tune it up for you, but since I don't, we're just going to go ahead and do it this way. But weeping may... Have y'all, have y'all ever known uh, with a newborn, sometimes they just want to cry just to see how you're going to react. And there are times when if they see every time they go, <laughs> that you jump up and be beside them, guess what they'll do? All night long. They will keep doing that and keeping you up. But if you just say, you know what? You just cry for a moment and you'll be asleep and you'll be all right in the morning. And so sometimes when we're going through our night season and we're crying and we're saying, Lord, why? Lord, why? Just remember that it's only for a season. But when the season is over, joy is coming. That is the hope. After saying all this negative that we've gone through, you've letting all these people beat us up, beat us down, kick us down, beat us around, move us out of our cities, tear down our cities, moved us to countries we don't even like, countries that we used to beat down. God, you moved us from all these countries. And then at the end, he says, but I know one thing. Although you mad at us now, joy is just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Joy is coming. Now, we gotta, we, sometimes we get so wrapped around the pain that we don't look for the joy. Now, um, for any folks that have hung around Lady Yolanda, y'all know that her nickname is Optimus Prime. <laughs> because she always finds the good in everything. That's probably why God had me link up with her, because that, that ain't my character. But she always, and, and when you're going through a situation, Sometimes we need to elevate so that we can see above what it is we're going through to see the light above the clouds. Those of y'all that have ever flown on a plane, sometimes the plane will fly at a certain altitude, but if there's a storm or something, they don't land, guess what they do? They rise above it. And they, when they rise above it, there may be a little turbulence to get above it, but once they get above it, it's smooth sailing going to their destination. So sometimes, even when we're going through a bad situation, we got to elevate our mind. I think somebody said it like this. They said, I got to look to the hills from which cometh my help. Why? Because my help cometh from the Lord. Why? Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth. If he made everything, then he knows how to operate or how to assist us in operating in that environment. So I just come to tell you that the verdict is in. You're guilty. But guess what? God had mercy in his back pocket. And he didn't give you everything that you deserved. He gave you enough to let you know that he knows what you did. Now, he gave you enough to let you know that you, what you did so that you can make a decision in order to either continue to go and to get worse the next time or drop that and go in the direction that he has already commanded for you to go, already recommended for you to go, already said that you should go. But some of us like beating our, our foreheads on the wall. Some of us foreheads used to be, have a big bubble on the front of it, but we so hard-headed now it's a flat forehead because we just keep running into the same Well, God says, all I need you to do is take one step to the right, and you'll be like, no, God, I'm going this way. I'm going to make it this way. I'm going to make it. God, I'm going to make it. 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 And then somebody come bump you one inch to the right, and next thing you know, like, hey, here's a door right here. 
because we sometimes get ourselves so locked into things. But even when God corrects us, he still looks out for us. Amen. Even when God puts you in time out, sometimes he puts you in time out just so you can relax and get your mind straight. You mad because you're in time out, but God's saying just rest for a moment. Just calm down. Just get, get yourself together. So unlike the children of Israel, who God had designated as his chosen people, unlike them, we have opportunity. We have clarion calls that are going out saying, listen, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. And just like the children of Israel, I know I said unlike before, but now just like the children of Israel, we don't do like, like, un, like God said, we do like the children of Israel did. Well, it does look better over there. It does look better. I like, I like, I like being able to hold the, my God in my hands and, and talk to him. Even though I had to put him together, but still, I, I, I like that. I like serving myself. I love serving my flesh. I love doing things for my flesh. I, I love this. And then when the, the consequences of that comes in, then guess what we do? We throw all that stuff away and go, go before the throne of God. Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. And God says, deliverance is right here. All you got to do is accept it. That, you know what? I'm going to go down this alley. Short alley, I promise. That is so funny to me. That even when you done did the worst of the worst. When you transgressed. I mean, you is in the blackest of sin. God is right there with you. Do you realize that? He right there with you. He watching you go through it. He just waiting on you to say, Hey, Lord, can you get me out of this? He said, yeah, just make that right turn right there. You'll be all right. In the middle of it, he's right there with you. He said, I never, and never means never. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never give up. David said, when my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord lift me up. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what the situation, no matter how dark it looks, that weeping, that Nighttime will only last for a season because we know that joy is going to come in the morning. The verdict is in, but mercy is right there with it. Episode number two, the verdict. Now, you may have heard this and, and feel that you're on the other side, on that dark side, on where everything just seems to be going negative to you, that you're getting... Um, consequences for decisions that you made, people that you may have uh, hurt or people that you have did things toward. And God is, wants you to know that, yes, there is some consequence to your transgression. But his desire is not for you to be destroyed. He wants you to be corrected. He wants you to desire to follow him. That's his desire. Now, now listen. It is not him twisting your arm. He wants you to make the conscious choice to follow after him. If you want to stay in the, 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 uh, the situation that you're in, in the darkness that you're in, God wants better for you. However, he's not going to try to just snatch you out of it. He wants you to make a decision. 
This is all a decision. Everything's already in place. The Bible lets us know that the gift of God is eternal life. It's not the, uh, uh, the forcing of God is eternal life or the maneuvering of God. It's the gift. And in order for you to get a gift, guess what? You've got to receive the gift. And the gift is simply this. Accept Jesus into your life. It's that simple. Accept Jesus into your life. And the Bible says that to accept Jesus in your life, that you should confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says you shall be saved. That word saved means rescued, delivered. And so God wants to rescue and deliver you from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. God wants to deliver you from death, the eternal death. And so God wants to deliver you from this death. And then the Bible also tells us that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Salvation is here for you today. And all it takes is for you to accept the gift that God has provided for you. If you made that decision today, we want to assist you along this journey. And so let us know that you made this decision by writing us at info at godshousecc.com. We will come alongside you, assist you along this journey because this is not an individual event. This is a team event. We come together. We come together and assist each other along this journey. The Bible tells us that it is better for two than for one. Why? Because if it's two, if something happens to one, then the other can help them up. But if you by yourself and you fall in the hole, guess what? You in the hole. But we want to be alongside you. So email us. Let us know. Info at GodsHouseCC.com. We'll come along beside you. If you're in the Simpsonville area, you can we'll come and fellowship with us. Or if you're wherever you are on this Facebook line, we will provide you with information, provide you with connection, because we only want God's best for you. All right? Please let us know via email. Info at GodsHouseCC.com. Well, friends and family, <laughs> that's the second episode is in the books, chapter number two of Lamentations, the verdict. But along with that verdict came mercy. Hallelujah. And we thank God for that. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.